Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and I'm going to kind of level with you guys about some of the stuff with this podcast. So it's 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 a show I've been doing, if you've been following, every day since April of 2021. It's been a grind. Over 225 episodes, almost, I could probably say, under 10 days off in that period trying to put out content. And sometimes... Just with anything that people do, there are going to be better episodes and worse episodes. And like, I'm not entirely too proud of this episode tonight because it's a lot of replay of things we covered today. But I'm tapped out, man. We I did a, a an hour in the morning from nine to ten, just my first rewatch of the Browns' offense. If you want to go back, that's on the Twitch channel. Also, did the uh, chalk talk tonight where we discussed. Uh, a couple different, I'm going to share that episode with you. Essentially. I, it's hard. Sometimes I'm trying to do two shows a day and then find a guest. The guest fell through for tonight. I think you guys know a lot of my opinions on the offense and you watched it. You watched the debauchery. Maybe you watched the film with me. Maybe you didn't, maybe you don't want to watch it. Whatever is cool. I don't, you know, that's your thing. It's, it's bad. And people are blaming, in my opinion, the wrong person for it. It's a collective failure though. I understand that. We'll see what the future holds. That's going to be a large part of the discussions as today we find out Baker Mayfield is shutting it down for the season. They'll start, you know, Case Keenum and maybe Nick Mullins will play. I don't know, but it'll be a throwaway game here week 18. And um, yeah, it's it's a lost season. And now we're moving on. Essentially, we'll, we'll talk about the game this week. And I do have some good guests lined up. I'm excited to get with you uh later in the week, and we'll talk with a Bengals guest, not really previewing the game, because I'm not sure either team will even be trying to really win it, but we'll talk about some future, some of the big decisions the Bengals made and have worked out, and then some of the future things that are looming for them as they are going to try to remain on top of the division for the foreseeable future. So, that's what's coming. Like I said, a couple great guests. We'll still get with John Colosimo on our usual Friday show. There's a shift coming in the off season. I don't know what that shift will be. I don't know where I'm going to take any of this. Um, again, started it in draft season, April 1st. The draft was at the end of that month. I really don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Open to any suggestions and DMs for things you would like to see throughout the week. I do know I will chronicle several players throughout this process, going down the roster, what I thought of their performance, so on and so forth. But I'm open to any other ideas, too, if you guys want certain things let me know i'm more than willing to hear out some ideas on this stuff so otherwise just wanted to sort of preface this with i hope by now you know my opinion of the offense breaking it down watching it again leaving plays on the field um you know some opinions about the run game stuff after even after nick came out and said you know that they came out that he had the rib issue i don't know it's a it's a weird season, and I think we know about 10% of what we need to know to understand the decisions made this season. Maybe. There are some huge things that are set to come out about why the season went the way it did, and conversations, talking points in the media that will show you what the decisions are going to be that are looming. Huge decisions. 
We're going to talk about Baker a ton from now until they make the decision on keeping him or dealing him. We'll see what happens. But that's the talking point tonight in the first portion. I also wanted to share with you the second portion, which is my about 20-minute recording with Kyle Murphy, where I do think through audio form you can get the gist of a lot of the things that we're saying about how the offensive line played. So you could go watch that, obviously, on Twitch if you want the visual aid as well. That's up for replay. Totally up to you. But I wanted to share it in audio form. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. If not, I'm sorry. Not everyone is as good as the other one, or ones in the future will be. I'll try to keep doing my best for you guys. Appreciate your support. Let's get over to tonight's Chalk Talk on the OBR Twitch. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in. Tuesday night chalk talk. Uh, hope your hope your evening is going well. And uh, this is our second time live today. Uh, if you missed this morning, we had a about an hour long offensive film review where I just was my first time watching it. That I'm willing to show at the end if people are wanting to see that. Otherwise, you can watch it in your own free time. Um, I am joined tonight by Stephen Thomas. What's up, Steve? Yo. And Mr. Barry McBride. What's up? He's on mute. <laughs> Uh-oh. Does Barry know he's on mute? I don't think he does. That's okay. Not a big deal. Uh, we'll get Barry off mute because we want to hear his opinions at some point. Um, there he is. What's up, Barry? I'm off mute. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying I'm barely hanging in there. My dog started barking, so I had to go on mute. Oh, it's but, all good. Uh, That's all good. It's all good. I want to... I want to ask you guys this question as we start. We got a we got 20 minutes here before I have a nice video from from Kyle um, about uh, the offensive line play and how it's bad. They, they were bad across the board yesterday. But there's a bigger question that keeps coming up, and that is this idea of this huge decision coming, which sucks, about whether or not to keep Baker Mayfield. Okay, And this question keeps coming up about, well, if you let him go – Watch him turn into the next Drew Brees somewhere else or watch him, you know, dominate somewhere else. Uh, you know, so I want to get your guys' opinion. I was too young, not 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 calling you guys old or anything, but I was too young to know when they let go of Tim Couch. Was there any of the same feelings about, oh, now Couch is going to go play well somewhere else? Or was the ship sailed at that point? I mean, I don't know. We, we, we get everybody else's reaction way quicker now so maybe there wasn't a ton of that out but was there any apprehension when they let couch go or maybe this is a 
maybe this is toward Bernie. I don't know. They thought that Bernie still had something left in the tank. Does this relate to either situation? I guess is the question. Barry, you can lead us off, and Steve, you go ahead. I uh, I, I don't think it relates to Couch. Uh, Couch had just gone through this uh, competition with uh, Kelly Holcomb, uh, and fans were sort of split over that. Uh, and by the time the Couch went to the Packers and rode his little tricycle in the Packers parade uh, <laughs> before the season there, uh, I, I think people have pretty much given up on him. And I'm not sure about the timeline, but that was around the time Jeff Garcia came to town. And uh, I think fans were, you know, now invested in the new guy. And I think this is before <clears throat> what we now know as Cleveland Browns fatalism uh, about uh, quarterbacks really hit its stride. There was still hope, you know, back then. And uh, I think, you know, 20-some quarterbacks later, uh, there's a lot more cynicism. And uh, I think you're seeing a lot of that in the fan base these days. Does it relate to Bernie at all, Barry? I know Barry was Bernie was at the end of the line um, in terms of his performance, but it felt like there was a lot of hatred for letting him go. But the the different reasons there he endeared himself to the fan base and all of that. Yeah, and Bill Belichick was not a popular guy here in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, you know, no matter how much revisionist history there is about oh, Modell fired him, he was not a popular guy, and most anything that he said. Uh, was getting criticized at the time. There were a few true believers in Belichick, but I'd say the majority of fans have sort of, you know, were done with his act. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they turned on him. And I think it was as much about disliking Belichick and his comment about declining skills as it was love for what Bernie could do on the field. Uh, And I think Bernie showed in the remainder of his career that you know, Belichick probably had a point, you know, he uh, uh, was at, you know, entered the tail end of his career when he went to Dallas and then later Miami. Steve, what's your thoughts on both of those? Yeah, I would agree with pretty much everything Barry said. I mean, also you have to remember that, you know, the constant barrage of internet analysis was not around then. Um, So if there was similar feelings towards Tim Couch, most of us didn't know about it because there just wasn't this, I mean, you couldn't get everything on your phone in your pocket while you were sitting at a red light. I mean, you had to be in front of a television or listening to a live radio broadcast. It was a totally different landscape back then. Yeah. But I would agree that Couch, especially since they were they were coming off of it happened in the offseason and it was more of a Kelly Holcomb outplayed him type thing, whether you believe that or not. And they were bringing in Jeff Garcia and everybody believed in Butch Davis because they had just gone back to the playoffs and, you know, everybody thought they were on the precipice. So I don't think there was as much. Plus, like somebody said in the comments, he had just gotten, pardon my language, just beat to shit forever. For Like just awful. He was whatever he had had been bludgeoned out of him by the time he was out of here. And as far as Bernie goes. I mean, you know, he, he's still beloved here for what he did. And I think Barry's absolutely right. It was. There was a, a campaign against Belichick, oddly enough, by many of the same central characters in the media today who are trying to run Kevin Stefanski out of town in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, they, they just wanted him out because the Bill Belichick you see in press conferences today was the Bill Belichick that was in press conferences in 1991, two, three and four in Cleveland. He was stoic. He hated them. He gave them one word answers. They couldn't stand it. Uh, you know, they, they absolutely could not stand it. And so even though he started to turn the team around and it was even to someone as, who Bernie Kosar is beloved to me and people my age, uh, probably even more than any other generation, because we grew up with the guy watching him win 
title after title, division title after division title. Even then, you could just see that it moved different with Vinny Testaverde. I mean, it's not like they were going to, you know, Brett Favre. It was Vinny Testaverde, you know, who who moved the offense better and looked smoother and everything else. It was, it was time. You know, I mean, Bernie Bernie's biggest advantage was his brain, and, and that's why he came into the league at 20 years old. By the time he was almost 30 and had been beaten up, he was even slower. He was, you know, if he just didn't told him to do anymore at the level that it was. So again, I, I don't know if there was because there wasn't as much coverage back then, immediate coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a different media landscape back then, but uh, I think they were, they're similar and I understand uh, uh, the question, but I, I don't think they're an apples to apples or even an apples to crab apples uh, type of comparison. Here's something I want to, I want to ask Steve is, and we can get Barry's opinion on this too, and he can bob back in. If ba- if Baker got surgery week three, would people be calling for his head? Nope, it would be an unfortunate injury, and let's see what he does in year five. Mm-hmm. So, is this a situation, in your opinion, where they they benefited still from seeing him? You know, not everything to do with Baker has to do with the injuries. You know, I I, I definitely think there are parts of it that are that are injury related but mm-hmm. not every single piece of this is about the injury there is severe mental regression from baker and if you want to put it all on an injury that's fine if you're telling me an injury so bad that he can't see routes happening right in front of his face then 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 we're in a bad place so this is an i, I just kind of want your thought on that right you know because this situation has come up today where you're talking about the parallels between Kevin Stefanski and, and young Bill Belichick, which I think are, you know, not terribly off kilter here. I mean, Stefanski gives the same interviews that I noticed people are ticked off about, right? Like doesn't say anything other than coaches speak and maybe they're longer than one word answers, but he's very, you know, contrite about the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess the, the today the thing is that the Browns should have set him down, and the Browns should have taken control of it and told him he can't play. And uh, where are you at on that? And and where are you at on this this question here? Do you think that 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 statement is fair? Mm-hmm. And is there a world where the Browns still got something out of watching him play this year? I think uh, a. I think that's very fair. Uh, if he'd gotten, you know, if he'd blown out an ACL or something like that, something that definitely took him off the field. Of course, it would be a totally different thing. We'd be all saying, Oh, we, you know, we need to get Baker back next year. Of course. I think that's uh, absolutely fair. But as far as the whole thing about, and none of us who are outside that building know exactly how this all went down or what the motivations were or anything like that. There's a lot to find out. Of course there is. But I, I think a lot of people are forgetting if we remember the the uproar over, I think it was the the next week or the week after Baker Mayfield stood in front of an assembled media contingent and said, I decide whether I play or not. Remember the uproar over that statement? He, he was very clear that six was the only person making that decision. Now, whether that was the case or not, again, none of us even know, but to sit here and say that, you know, it, it was 100% the coaching staff that decided to prove a point or, you know, whatever is flying around out there. I, I don't buy it. I think they were all in communication. I think the medical staff gave whatever they, 
thought was the best medical advice. And if the med- if and this is a you know hypothetical situation, if the medical staff says he's not going to injure it worse by playing, and the coaching staff asks him, "How do you feel?" and he says, "I can get out there and play," and they all huddle together and they decide, well, you know, if he's not going to hurt it worse, we still think he's the best option. Then you know, then I don't buy any of that stuff that they should have sat him down. Then now that's a completely separate thing from the question here, because I think that's absolutely a fair statement. If he'd been sat down, nobody would be calling for his head because he wouldn't have had the rotten year that he had. Okay, I mean that's kind of obvious. So I, you know, I, I there's so many things about this that us out here in the hinterlands we just don't know. We can only read the tea leaves and the context clues and the stuff that's said through agents and all that other kind of stuff. Ultimately, you know, the only thing that matters is it was a lost year and uh, we will find out in the next probably six to eight weeks what they plan to do with or without six moving forward. Yeah, Barry, I want to throw the same sort of situation to you there. Do you think that statement is fair uh, or do you think they they still got something out of watching him play this year that that maybe like, listen, here's another scenario and I'll, I'll give you a chance to ramble on it, Barry, is like. It, maybe this this quarterback shows up next year in year five. That's another year out of your title window that you could miss. And maybe they got the evidence they needed to get this year, and then they can go make a deal for somebody that makes a difference at the position. I don't know. That's another thing. Could you be looking at it from the wrong angle? I don't know. You tell me, Barry. Well, <clears throat> you know, the Bees is exactly right. You know, based on the data we had at the time, if Baker got down early in the season – Everyone would have said, okay, bring him back next year, bad break. You know, I, I think that's clear cut. Um, what's less clear cut is what the data this year means, right? Uh, it could mean a couple of different things. It could mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, this shoulder harness is the most important piece of medical equipment in recent Browns history. You know, we don't know how much it's really affected him. But one thing I can tell you is that teams are putting eight, nine guys in the box right? In challenging the Browns to throw. And I hadn't seen that in previous years. Now, either they adapted very quickly to the shoulder harness or they figured Baker out. Uh, I don't know which one it is. And I don't think anyone watching on TV can really tell you it's the shoulder harness or it's not the shoulder harness, right? Yeah. Uh, this point, uh, speaking, you know, just as a fan here with a website, um, I have to trust the guys in Berea to know whether or not that shoulder harness caused all these problems. I just, I, I can't figure out how a shoulder harness causes four batted balls. So I, I, I can't figure out how that makes him miss wide open receivers and just simply not see them. Um, you know, f- from my perspective, uh, alluding to your comment of the, uh, of the available playoff window, this next year is too important to go into with a quarterback. You don't have complete confidence in. Mm-hmm. And if I was uh, Andrew Barry, that would be my line of thinking. So this is a question that builds off that. Kevo, or one of our loyal followers on here. Jake, do you think Baker can correct the mental approach to the position after altering his mechanics to try to avoid further injury? I don't know that he altered mechanics to avoid further injury. Did he fall into bad habits because of the injury with mechanics? Maybe. But I don't think Baker's been a mechanic savant either. Um, but nonetheless, this is the million dollar question, Kevo. This is what they're deciding on this off season. If they think he is able to be rectified by health, 
if that's not the situation, if they think he's too far gone mentally and physically due to what happened this year, not all injuries, but due to what happened to his mental makeup, then they will move on. We we won't get an answer until we get an action. I need to make that clear. We are not going to get some sort of Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry leak until they make a decision. They'll either trade for somebody or they'll cut. They're not going to cut him. They'll either trade him or trade for somebody and then work to trade Baker kind of in the, in the, in the same way that everything came together with the Rams last year. We're not going to get it. They'll do the end of the year. Barry will get up there in front of the microphone at the end of the year. He's probably going to say, we're going to evaluate every position on the roster. They're going to, they're going to keep it a very, very much a lock tight situation. Now could Baker side leak something that he wants out? Sure, which brings us to the next question from Paul, which is a great question and one that I, as I sat here last night talking to Steve in the postgame show, I have a hard time seeing how they come back from some of the stuff that's floating out. Like the way Mayfield said after the game, I will make the decision on whether I play in the last game with my agent and my family, not having any conversations with your coach or the GM or the own, like there's none of that. None of that was referenced. I think that's pretty telling. I think it's headed toward a divorce, guys. I don't know what kind of divorce. Is it an annulment? Is it a true divorce? Uh, I don't know, right? Can both sides split this thing and go in their separate ways, or is it going to get nasty? I'm not sure. Do you guys, as we sit here on January 4th, feel the same way, or do you think it's? Uh, do you think it's this is something they can rectify, guys? Well, I, I think, as we said last night, you never say never. Uh, in the NFL, uh, so much can happen, especially when there are this many millions of dollars on the line. If mm-hmm. the best dollar decision it, it ends up being staying here, there's a lot of people that can plaster on a fake smile and, and pretend to be happy, uh, you know, especially in the NFL or any pro sport. Really, you can play while you're miserable if there's enough dollars on the table. That being said, you and I said this on the post game last night and you put it in your pod today when it starts becoming in the media, when it's not just turmoil in the locker room, when it spills out and the players and others are lobbing bombs at the coaching staff or the ownership or whoever it may be through the media, it rarely turns back around. That usually is a signal that things have reached a point of no return, unless you are Daniel Snyder and you're willing to pay Kirk Cousins $11 billion just yeah. to never admit you're wrong. And I don't yeah. think Andrew Barry or anybody involved with the Browns is like that. Um, so I, I would say as of right now, and ask me again in two weeks, if things play out, I might change my mind. But as of this moment, watching the way things have unfolded in the media, watching the attitudes change in pressers from players and coaching staff, the words they use and the words they don't use over the past month or so, I would be very surprised. I'm thinking 90%-ish that someone else is under center. Now, who that is, I, you know, there's a million things going around out there, but I think Baker ends up in, you know, Carolina or Houston or Denver or someplace like that next year where he gets a fresh chance, a chance for a fresh start. Listen, I'm not ready to go full 10 hat on this stuff, but if you were to read the story that came out on Hasm, what was it, Steve, three years ago? Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing is past 
Jimmy Haslam. Never Nothing. underestimate the ego of a billionaire. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying I, I would say this takes a real stretch of the imagination, but it is not an impossible scenario. And for those listening and not viewing, it's any chance someone like Haslam is on Baker's side, and Ab and Stefanski know he's not the guy, so they keep they keep forcing him to pass game after game. I think it's an analytically driven front office who knows the balance between what they want to do as far as running and passing. And they have presented opportunities to get rid of the football. You know, like the ringing thing about today was how TJ Watt had all these TJ Watt had the same amount of pressures as, as miles and Clowney It only five pressures, but they're converted into sacks because they're holding the football too long. So you know, we'll, we're, we're at the, we're at the starting line of Baker Mayfield conversations. There's a million things that are out there to come. And uh, I just wanted to get some of your guys take Steve and Barry about, about some of this and where it's going and what it's looked like. And uh, your your kind of your follow-up thoughts to the, to the disaster. It was a disaster. And how many times have we seen Brown seasons that are just, uh, just disasters right after the Pittsburgh game, the second Pittsburgh game of the year, it seems like you get these disasters. So um, we're, like I said, we're standing at the starting line. We haven't even, we got a game left to play, Steve. We're not even, we're not even started with the off season yet. And there's going to be a lot of discussion to come. And we at the OBR will be here to react to all of it. Maybe even out in front of some of those uh, decisions that are coming because we have guys behind the scenes who do this. So uh, we'll stop here from the chatter side, Barry, Steve. Appreciate you guys. We're going to go watch the offense who had one player grade above a 70 overall and the entire game. And it's pretty miserable from the upfront perspective. So I'm going to play my video. It's about 20 minutes. Me and Kyle Murphy, if you have watched these, I'm not going to replay my hour long. You can go back and find that if you want to watch this morning's hour long uh, offense whole review. Feel free to do that. Play with this with Kyle. Recorded him with uh, re- recorded it with him at about three o'clock. Pretty good, uh, pretty good show and, and, and a lot of reasoning for why things went south. Thanks again to Steve and Barry, which had also used to be a college t-shirt store. Steve, Steve and Barry's. Anybody remember that store? Barry, do you remember that store? Was there a Steve and Barry's up that way? Got one in the Marion Mall when I was young. All college shirts, man, Steve. I'm telling you, every college shirt you could have wanted. Cornell. Could have got the Cornell shirt, Steve. You know, you look as annoyed as I've ever seen you look. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let Steve go. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Ever heard uh, of it? Ever heard of it? Uh <laughs> thanks guys. I'm gonna play this with <laughs> Kyle now and shut up before I get fired. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, welcome into today's broadcast. This is the I don't know. We've done quite a few of these, Kyle. I think this is like our 15th. We missed a couple weeks. We've done quite a few of them. This was yeah. this was miserable. It's a miserable offensive line performance. I think you can agree. It was a miserable game. The Browns lose 26-14. Thanks for coming in, Kyle. Yeah, no problem. Uh, agreed. And I think what we've described over the uh, the course of this season reared its head. You know, you, it wasn't just one guy. Like, all across the line, the only thing – only person that I saw that played pretty well – um, for the entirety of the game was Treader. Um, Bentonio probably had the second best game, but even he had some struggles and we'll, yeah. you know, so it just overall, not great. Yeah. Let's dive in. Let's go quick. Right. Let's go 409. All right. 409. All right, go ahead. So a microcosm really of the game, right? If you watch Joel, Joel hesitates. 
right? He, if you go back, he's going to stutter his feet. That little stutter. I know he's worried. I know Hayward's good, but he's fine. He needs to go. And by being late, that forces the running back to cut. And then this is pretty indicative of Wills all night. Just kind of effort. He's kind of there. He kind of got inside. You know, I, I just, I wasn't impressed with his effort at all. You know, but that, but this again, this is on Joel. Joel's got to go. That forces the cutback. And then, right, Peoples Jones is having to go to block 56. That's not the matchup you're looking for. Reason he gets that tackle, though, really, is because it cuts all the way back. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, 550. I got, I got nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> 552. All right. 552. Here we are. And for. I think this is probably going to be Will's biggest thing in the offseason, the two biggest thing. He can't get driven back. I know he misses with his strike, but he's got no anchor, and we've talked about it throughout the year, and he's just given, getting driven straight back into Baker. Like You see Baker's eyes where he's looking to go, and he feels the pressure. You know, And so that forces him to step up. And again, we've and I know you've talked about Baker's stuff when he steps up. That's on Will's, though. Right, that's a pressure that's solely on him because he he just doesn't anchor. What you don't love, though, if I'm going to be honest, is the quarterback hits one, two, three, four, five. Drift left. Yep. Drift again. It's like if you just step, like if you can just step up in the pocket, Kyle. Right. Right here. Step up. Push yourself a little right where there's a void, and step up. It seems as if his eyes force his body to drift. Yeah, I agree. Right? His eyes are, are definitely taking his body places. That's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah. And so it's killing. So that actually leads right into 813. And again, I don't know how far he's supposed to drop, but it is really hard right there. He's at 10 yards from where the ball was snapped to where he stops. He's at 10 yards. That's really hard for a tackle. And again, there are some deep drops and Hudson doesn't help himself with his set. He turns too early to me. This is on Baker though, more than anything. He's at 10 yards. He much to what you just said, he could push up in the pocket right there. Vertical climb. That's what they teach. Like you vertical climb. If you're a 10 and you're dropping to another five, boom, step up, step up, help your tackles out. Yeah. Especially when you know you got a guy, you know, going against Watt, you know, and and ultimately it's really not that bad by Hudson. He'll he'll get the sack, but he's forcing Watt to go, you know, really wide. Watt gets the sack at ten yards. That's what but you if, want as a tackle. You got to at some point you've got to be able to allow them. The tackles have to allow those DNs to run that hoop so that and yeah, the quarterback to step up. If you step up on your third step, okay. One, two, it's it's all it's all it's so shuffled. There's no yeah, he's shuffle. uh, Hold on, let me let me map this out here. One, two, three. Yeah, dude. So it's not even a three-step drop, Kyle. He's not even starting his three-step drop in his head until that shuffle. Now it's one, two, three. Yeah. 
And in any time, even if it's five, say this is a five and it just looks the footwork is sloppy, one, two, three, four, five, you are always taught when you hit the top of your drop and five from the gun, drive forward. If you're not ripping it on the top step, drive forward. Because if you take your two drive forwards here, look at this escape route. Yeah. (laughs) That's why Pro Football Focus says, yeah, Baker has a high – he he might have a high pressure percentage, but he leads the NFL in pressure percentages that convert to sacks. He's hard to block for. It, it, as a tackle, I mean, it's hard when your quarterback's ten yards deep, man. Like, it, it, I don't care how good you are, it's just hard. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I my point in in making sure we see this too is that I know the again the offensive line played played extremely poorly. Not every sack's on on the O line, as we've talked about throughout the year. All right, um, 11-14. I'm just, I'm just trying to look at the footwork. I'm really trying to decipher if this is a five or a three. It's really hard when you shuffle back. One, two, three, three four, four, five. So I guess you could decipher that as a five. You never sit at five. You never sit. Can't. You cannot sit 10 yards deep. You're putting these guys in a dead situation, man. Anyway. And the and the other thing is is right, make your decision. As I've and I know you've watched the wide, so have I. Not a lot of guys are open. So I'm not sure what you're waiting for. One, two, three, your decisions, right? Or or your five step, move up in the pocket. If it's not there, live for another day. I mean, holding it, it's not helping anybody. No, not at all. All right, 11-14. And this I just like I saw this all over the film and it, it just I, I have a hard time with it. Watch Wills. Is there any sense of urgency to get 41? None. I swear 41 was wearing like an invisibility cloak. Oh, it, Nobody blocked him. It I mean, and guess watch. Watch he's gonna flow right over the top. And like you got a nice scheme here, one on one with the safety if you don't have 41 clogging it up. I mean, and I mean, Joku's blocking well. I mean, again, like there's a lot of good on this play. Two really good pulls. Antonio does a really good job. And Wills has the angle. He starts on the proper angle. Yeah. Like he's going. And then he just kind of is like, well, I can't get there. So yeah, you got to be hugging here and trying to. And what you're honestly trying to do is at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, you're probably not going to get to that backer who's reading quick run flow with two pullers. But what you can do is at least be trying to get there, not right. just sticking down the line. And then if you're trying to get there, I'm not asking you for to do something impossible. You're probably going to get disconnected by this jumble. But what it does is it at least has a chance to slow 41 down so the contact is made at five instead of the contact being made at three. You and know? if you go back, he's able to play it just like a linebacker. Watch him play it. He uses his hands. He scrapes over the top, right, over the top, over the top, and then he accelerates. It's something we don't see from Will's throughout the whole play there's no acceleration it's just kind of eh, i can't get there and really his aiming point should be through the defensive tackle so hayward's right hip he should be aiming to start for the play side backer right for the guy over between treader and teller yeah. that's really what your angle should be and then you should have a better chance to be able to push that guy get a piece of him get him off balance because as we've seen as well, these backs don't need – it doesn't have to be a devastating block, but it can't be a free run at the back. Yeah, agreed. All right, uh, 
Here we are. You That's just... how you that, listen. If we're talking about earlier, I know right. we're going to maybe talk about somebody else, but watch the quarterback. This is what you should be doing every play. One, two, three, four, five, two climb steps. Boom. Now look what happens. He runs past. Right. <laughs> the only thing I don't, the thing about, and again, look, you're going to get, Joel gets his hand swiped. It, it happens. The thing that I'm worried about is that if you watch Will's left foot, watch his heel. As he goes to drive off his right, it always turns in. Like that foot turns in and it almost, it's almost like a half step or a shuffle step that we were talking about with Baker. It slows him down because it's wasted movement. That heel, that left heel doesn't need to turn in as he's driving off that right. It should be just drive off the right and then that left lands and is ready to be, to take pressure on if you need it or to drive again. He's a little late off the ball, but you see how that turns? Now he's on his toe. He's on his toes a lot. And so when he gets beat, now you don't have a great base in order to, because your feet aren't planted. As you said, good job of Baker stepping up, and that's the way it should be. Not the that you want your tackle to, me, to get beat, though, obviously, but that's... Is, it's also, he's taken this gigantic gather by being a left foot forward. Every drop is a yard deeper than it should start. Yeah, that's something that I'll have to address at some point. But every drop is like, here's where the drop starts. If he was a right foot forward guy, look at his right foot. Mm -hmm. If he was getting the snap right here, watch how smooth this would look. Instead, he's trying this left foot thing that is just to me, it's a yeah. it's wasted. It's wasted. It's wasted energy to him. It's not going to it's he's not Rogers with this thing. It's not doing. Yeah, it's just not doing anything for him. It's really all. not. All right, next All right. one. 1539. So we've had one sack, had pressure. This is sack number two. This is a coverage sack. Like, this is good <laughs> protection. I wouldn't call this a coverage sack. Okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> People say, sorry. It's a quarterback. It's a quarterback sack. It's a quarterback sack. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Because this is good by Hudson. Great. You know, Great. His, I would, we want his, that strike a little bit lower. So it's not hitting him in the face, obviously. I wouldn't put this sack on him, though. Absolutely not. This is a this is a perfect example of judging mistakes and protection air quotes sacks right. as O line responsibility. Yep. Get rid of the damn ball. You got yep. two people right in front of your face. Get rid of it. You ran into sacks all night. Different discussion. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's go. Uh, this very next play, actually, sixteen fourteen. All right. And it's a, this is another thing. So when they talk about, okay, the Browns can't run the ball, right? So you don't want Baker to sit back and drop back, obviously. Well, you need Wills to do a better job than this. Yeah. That's the lane. Watch his, again, it, he has him beat off the snap. And I, mm -hmm. and I rewound this and I, I slow-moed it. Hayward gets him on his second movement. He's got Hayward right, right there. Right there, 100%. And then he, watch him shuffle. And I'm going to shuffle and gather rather than getting to that inside shoulder and then driving vertically up the hash. He shuffles, kind of grabs. Hayward's now inside, has all the leverage. Yeah. And he's going to make the tackle. Yep. Good, good, uh, good call out. It's just not, it, it's not good enough. It, 
it's not good enough and it's not helping where you're struggling in the passing game, yeah. right? You have to be on in the running game and those types of things just hurt him. Uh, 18-11. Uh, Joel just got Yeah, he did that a couple whipped. times in this one. Right. I His mean, Cam, he can't block Cam Hayward. I, I don't know what it is with him. And now Cam's really good. I get that. But Joel just struggles with him. Michael Dunn played really well against Cam Hayward in the playoffs last year. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I, I think as a whole, I mean, there were, I don't know. There was just some things that I saw that were uncharacteristic. Uncharac- and look, again, Joel's going back to guard, right? It's a different set. Yeah. He's a yeah. little flat there. But it's this is a three-step drop. So go, same at the same time, watch Wills. Right? Okay, good set. Good. Just hands are on the outside. Now watch 98. Drive, drive, driving him back. That's a three-step drop, right? That's a quick throw or quick quick routes. Man, you can't get pushed back like that. I mean, the whole reason he's setting flat or flatter is so that he can go attack because the ball is supposed to be coming out. And then he just, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. All right. Another good uh, 2034. This is on Teller. I don't know what Teller's doing. Like, saw legitimately. This I saw this one this morning. I, I just kind of ran through it on Twitch, my first impressions. And, like, what the hell he's doing with that left hand is beyond me. Well, it, it's interesting because it looks like the way he's setting, it looks as if he expects a half-man slide, what's going on on the left side, right? He, he's expecting Treader to have the A gap. He would have the B gap. Because that's what you do. You stick that left out basically as a stopping gap for your center. So it looks to me like his entire, like the assignment is wrong. And then I watched his feet. His feet, even if this was the assignment, are bad. He's just, he's late compared to Hudson. And then he's just turning his feet. There's no set. And it's, and then he just got whipped right off the bat. And then Hudson oversets. He had a good set to be – well, actually, he didn't overset. It's a good set. And then that right there, if you go back, you can see where his weight is, his, right? His On his right leg, his le- it's going to be on the back. Watch that left toe. Keep going one more right there. See how that left foot picks up? Mm-hmm. And then it comes back down and it opens up that hip. His weight is back as opposed to being even. He does a pretty good job of recovering. His initial set was really good. It was the reach out to go try to strike him a little, strike Watt a little early that got him. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I saw Watt do, and I think, I, I don't know if he got in Baker's head, but a couple times Watt just, he saw that it was going to be a quick throw yep. and didn't rush him. and waited and watched Baker and knocked the pass down. Yeah, quite a few of those, man. Yeah. I mean, and it's bad when you watch it on film. You know what I mean? It's just he's just got to the point they were, yeah, they were just mocking him at some point late in the game there. Yeah. So, you know, go back, go back and watch Wills here. Again, he has the outside, right? So he's got the outside gap, C gap, Bentonio's got B. But watch, it's just kind of the effort that drives me insane. Like once that he sees that. Joel has 92, right? He sees that if 56 comes inside, Joel can't help him. And he just kind of, I mean, luckily, Treader's there. Mm-hmm. So 
there are more sacks. There are more things we can look at. Overall, what I wanted to show is that some are on the O-line, some are on the quarterback. Um, I heard on the broadcast, you know, he needs to chip more. They need more chips. They had a lot of chips. They had the tight ends chipping. They had the running backs chipping. You know, it just becomes really difficult when you're not running consistently. And every time you do, it one guy is not doing what he's supposed to. Yep. Yes. That's all you need to do right there, right? Like, look, this is a perfect example. You get a hat on a hat, good things happen. So, Just not the attention to detail that no. we've come to expect. And obviously it is a, it was a game. I thought that there could be a deficit in that because you just seen your playoff chances disappear the night before. And I'm, so I'm not, not altogether. I mean, this is Hooper, you know, go, like go back though. Watch your left tackle. Watch it tight. Yep. No, you gotta, you gotta shoot through people's thigh boards, man. That is, <laughs> I thought Hooper and Wills were really, really bad. And yeah. That's unfortunate. You know, Hooper I mean, went to 56, yeah. just run through him on the inside. You He's see him cheating down. Yeah. It's just, so yeah. Ultimately, it's the attention to detail, and it was very evident that the Steelers wanted that game and played like it. Yep. I agree. So, no more to be said, Kyle. Thanks for coming on, man. We will see. Uh, I, we'll see what shakes out. Week eighteen, who plays? Okay. Might be good to get some film on Nick Harris again or something like that. We'll see who they play. We'll stay okay. in contact. We always appreciate your time, Kyle. Have a great day, man. You too. Thank you. That's it for today. We did an entire offensive session this morning. Don't mute me, bro. Taco cat. I know guys, you couldn't hear me for a second. All right. I fixed it. Got me some slack. So anyway, we will do uh, a little later this week, maybe get some defense up. I'm not sure. I couldn't have John join me tonight. It happens, but uh, you know, we got offense this morning. You can find that on our Twitch channel there. Um, You can, you can go back and look at that hour long show uh that's out there if you want to suffer through that on your own time we got the offensive study from kyle we'll have something up on the obr tomorrow kind of big picture stuff otherwise everybody have a great night appreciate you guys joining as always about 70 of you hung out sometimes got up to 90 appreciate you guys we will talk about all of this stuff by you know the time the things come up that need to be discussed we're gonna OG Philly, man, I saw your question in Twitter. I promise I'm going to get to to that at some point, man. I I promise. Um, So much stuff to come in the offseason. Thanks, guys. I'll have a podcast out for you in the morning. A little bit of some of this replay, a little bit of uh, my own organic offensive study. So we'll be in contact. Appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Go Browns. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.